Shalom, brothers and sisters. I come to you at an unusual time for me. I'm recording this in the middle of the night. Um, I'm supposed to be sleeping, but I couldn't help but be drawn to this place here, the studio to record this because my heart is burdened. There's something that's on my heart that's so heavy. And I know that it's what's on the father's heart. It's like I can feel what's on his heart. And and I know that maybe some of you felt the same or maybe he's been doing the same with you. But I want to talk about this because I feel like it's so important. We're living in a place in a world right now that's so incredibly dark. There are so many horrible things in this world and this atmosphere of 2020, what all, all that have, all that it's been as you well know, has been quite crazy. But I can't help but think that when we look at Yeshua and his life, Jesus Christ, when we look at who he was, what he did, when it comes to a time like this, I feel like he would be jumping with joy and excitement, not because of the turmoil in the world, but because he knows that a light shines most brightly when it's in a dark room. And he said, I am the light of the world. And then he also went on later to say, you are the light of the world. Now, if he is the light of the world, it's only natural to think that as the world grows darker, he's going to shine brighter. And his people are supposed to be shining more bright, brightly too. You see, brother, sister, that's talking about me and you. As you, if you think of yourself as a disciple of the Messiah, now is the time. This is what you were born for. This is what you were made for, to shine brightly as the world grows darker. But some of us have been distracted. Some of us have been walking into the narrative that the world is pushing. We're just going along with it. We're so distracted by everything the world is talking about. Yeshua was focused on something all throughout the New Testament. He was focused. Now, there were many things going on in his day. There were many political things. There were many all kinds of things going on. And, and some of those things are important. I'm not saying there weren't important things going on in this day. But even though there were so many things, so many chaotic things going on, he was so focused. He was so focused on being a light, on being love, on taking a stand for truth. You see, brothers and sisters, I feel like we sometimes have found ourselves to allow wolves in, to allow um, turmoil in our lives unknowingly often. You see, I don't know where the Lord's going with this, but I want to tell you that there is there are wolves in our midst. And, you know, when I say wolves, I'm talking about people who have good intentions. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters, you, you, you need to look at yourself. I need to look at myself like we all need to look at ourselves and we need to remember something. You know, you 
can have a zeal for the Lord, but that zeal does not mean that what you're doing is true and what you're saying is true and what you're feeling is true and that the Lord is speaking to you just because you feel zeal. It means zeal means nothing in relation to whether something is true or not. Judas had zeal, I'm sure. I mean, there were many people who had zeal in the Bible. Paul himself had zeal. He was a persecutor of the church, but God turned him around. But there were others who did never turn around, but they had zeal. Sometimes that zeal was good. Sometimes that zeal was bad, depending on whether they were standing up for truth. We have allowed wolves in sometimes. And, you know, when I say wolves, many of you may think PD or are you talking about like all these famous, you know, when, when you look on social media, you know, you see these memes how people make these pictures, right? And they say, these are the false prophets. And you get all these famous preachers and people on there. Those are not the kind of people you need to be worrying about. <laughs> what we need to be worrying about are the wolves who are in our midst. The people who have very good intentions, who believe they're doing everything for the Lord, but who are wolves. They look just like a sheep, but they're wolves and they don't even realize it. They don't even know it. You may think, how could that even be? It's exactly what Eve likely thought in the garden, you know, when Satan came. I mean, think about that. Satan, the Bible describes Satan as being appearing as a snake to Eve. Okay. What woman listens to a snake? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm I'm not a kind of guy who likes snakes, right? And as far as I know, women, they don't like snakes either. I mean, I'm sure the garden thinks we're a little different, but snakes are snakes. And she listened to a snake. Why? How? How could it be? How did Satan succeed to get Eve to listen to what he had to say? How did Satan succeed to deceive them both? In the end, it's because he was a smooth talker. It's because he said, oh, well, you know, God did not really mean that. And oh, was it really that bad if we go this way? Or, you know, he was he was tickling their ear. He was making them want. He was tempting them. He was making them want what he had for them, that fruit, that that not fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, it's interesting when we, we, we know the scriptures say that false teachers will tickle the ears of people. Now, when we look at that, the word, that thing, that word we call tickling the ears, right? That, that phrase, that word tickle is actually the word like massage. Like these false teachers will massage the ears of people. They will come and they will make it feel all good and nice. And you know what it, I think it talks to? It talks to the emotions. You know, when we are, we are driven, when we hear something that's emotionally charged, we hear something that's like, wow, that may, I feel this guy looks so humble because he speaks so whatever in this way, or he, you know, does whatever, right? He, the way he does things, the way he speaks, the, the way he makes you feel when he speaks, all these things, right? When these things sometimes drive us, that's, and, and look, there's nothing, there's a place for emotions. Emotions aren't bad. 
But sometimes these emotions is the primary driver of truth for us. And what how we feel determines our truth. This guy looks so sincere, so what he says must be true. Right? That's how we think. And then we go along with it because he, he is so sincere. He looks like he loves God so much. But brothers and sisters, how much it look if if I look like if it looks like I love God a lot, that does not mean what I say is true. It should have no bearing on whether what I say is true or not. I know that sounds crazy, but there's people who are so sincere about their beliefs. There are people who are in witchcraft. There are people who are in the new age. There are people who are uh, doing um, Reiki, Reiki healings and all kinds of things who are palm readers and whatever else, right? The things that we would consider just crazy and, and we would know that it's wrong. Nevertheless, there are people in those fears who are doing these things who are 200% in their hearts believing that they are doing the right thing and that they're helping people. Okay, they're not doing this stuff because they're trying to be evil. They're doing it because they want to help people, even if they're not. So in the same way, there are people today who are even identifying themselves as Christians, who, who believe that God has called them to teach or whatever, and they feel in their heart, you know, all these things, and they are teaching things. And just because they feel all these things and because they speak emotional and because they feel like they may even be helping and, and you believe that, that does not have any bearing on whether what they teach is true. You see, we need to be so careful. Brothers we live in a world. The reason I'm, I'm going on this path is because we're living in a world so full of lies. It's crazy. Like, for, not, not to mention the media and and internet and like, you know, YouTube and and Facebook and this information age we're living in. There's so much good information and there's so much bad information, fake information, wrong information, untrue stuff out there. And now we are so lacking in discernment sometimes that even in our when it comes to something as important as our faith, we have allowed things in. We have our minds have become corrupted because we have not been absolutely, absolutely um, involved in getting our truth from the scriptures. And we've been driven by all these other things. Look, I don't ever want you to think something is true because PD said it. I don't ever want you to think something is true because I said it with a tear in my eye or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. If I said I had a dream, if I said I had a vision, if I said I, 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 I can prophesy, like, whatever, wherever it comes from, like, I'm not against dreams, I'm not against visions, I'm not against prophecies. We ought to just not to despise those things. But those things aren't the qualifier for truth. The Bible is, so it must line up with what the Bible says. And and if I try and pull you away from what the Bible says, if I pull you away from the Bible, if I tell you to throw out the Bible, then you better throw me out. Because I'm the one who is now, even if I have good intentions, that person who's saying that that person is the one who needs to be get rid of and identified as a wolf.
I'm saying this because judgment starts at the household of God and there is a lot of things, a lot of cleansing that I believe the Father is about to do. There's a lot of people who have exalted themselves, who ought not to have been exalted, who the Lord had not put there. There's people who the Lord puts in places and he does it and it's wonderful. I, I, I honor that like he raised those 12 apostles. He can raise any fisherman today. But there are people who also raise themselves. People who are like Simon the sorcerer, who wanted to buy the Holy Spirit for their own gains, who wanted to build their own kingdoms using God's kingdom, etc. And so I want to just talk, I wanted to talk to you about this because I look, brothers and sisters, God is raising people. He is going to tear people down. He's going to take people down from their high places who ought not to be there. And he is going to rise. He is calling. I can hear him. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. Are you? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? He is calling and he is saying, who will answer the call? Who will I send? Who will go forth? Will it be you? Are you the one who he is calling? He is calling young men and women. He is calling old men and old women. He is calling people to rise up and do his mission, his great commission. He is calling people to be a light. He is calling people to step on the snake's head. That is Satan's head. He's calling people to cast out those demons. He's calling people to cut off the heads of the wolves. And there are many of them in our midst, like I mentioned. But brothers and sisters, if we are not going to take a stand, if we are going to allow false prophets, false teachers to continue in our midst, we are responsible for what they have to say. Do you hear me? If we do not speak up against it, if we do not, as a as in unity, condemn false prophets, we are giving them permission to thrive. And look, they're going to continue with what they're doing. That's fine. But we must, as in unity, stand and condemn those who are false prophets. Show them the door. Get rid of them so that they do not continue in our communities. We cannot, as a fellowship, if you have a fellowship, listen, if, if people say, PD, don't get in the way of unity. When it comes to truth, I'm going to get in the way of unity. Yeshua said, I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. Do you hear that? Not peace, but a sword. So when it comes, there's, I'm all for unity. I love unity. We ought to have unity. But when it comes to things like false prophets and i'm talking about the real stuff i'm not talking about little things here i'm not talking about how he disagrees with me on how to keep this or that commandment i'm not talking about we disagree on whether speaking in tongues is for today i'm not talking about this kind of stuff i'm talking about the real issues pertaining to throwing out scriptures pertaining to denying the messiah pertaining to these kind of things the big stuff Okay, when it comes to these things, we have to harshly deal with those who deserve to be harshly dealt with, because that's what the early church did. I just did a series on what the early church looked like. Let me tell you that what the early church, church did is they got rid of those who were false prophets. Paul wrote in his letters in 
for those of you who believe Paul is actually inspired, this is one of the first things that we can, where unity is needed. We have to agree on what the Bible is. If you uh, believe in Paul's writings, then you would understand that in the early church, people were thrown out if they came and they sinned in great ways. Okay, they were take and they were said, listen, we love you, but what you're doing is wrong and you need to repent from this. Right. And this was not just some guy, random guy just going and doing this. This was there was a leadership structure. There was a leadership who were involved that there were real issues. There was tr there was real desire for unity. There was real desire to solve issues. There was real desire to even never go to a courtroom that's worldly, but to solve issues in the fellowship and to love our brothers and sisters dearly and deeply. But when it came to an issue that was real and big, and there was no, and this person refused to repent, but they were becoming a real danger. In other words, they were a wolf. They were harshly dealt with. They were gotten rid of. Because you know what? They realized back then that if they did not do that, <clears throat> that if if they didn't do that, then these people would continue teaching their heresies and that they would take other people with them. You see, brothers and sisters, if there are wolves in your midst and these wolves are there, they're just chilling with the sheep and we do nothing about them and then they eat the sheep and then we're like, oh no, <clears throat> what do we do? Oh no, that's horrible. And we tell the other sheep, just, just, you know, guys, don't be so stupid to go near the wolf, right? But we don't actually get rid of the wolf. You know, a shepherd or anyone who's looking after sheep would actually go and deal with the wolf, get rid of it. Even in today's, if you're a farmer and you, you had sheep or whatever, you have livestock, they have a real war against predators always. My family... We've come from a line of farmers and it's always a, where I come from in South Africa, jackals were a real issue. And so when there is a, they would even go on trips, hunting trips to just get jackals because there were so many of them at some point that the sheep were getting eaten left and right. And so they would go and they would hunt the jackals. Sometimes we need to hunt those wolves. Sometimes we need to get rid of them. And, you know, some of us, some of you guys may listen and be like, Peter, you're getting too harsh here. I'm just saying what the I believe the father is saying and that there is a purging happening <clears throat> and we need to take a stand. You know, when you look at the scriptures, God did this. He used men to get rid of ungodly men. He used godly men to get rid of the ungodly men. Think of Phineas, who took a spear through another man, who killed him on the spot. I'm not saying we ought to do that. That's the, for, for what I'm talking about here. But what I am trying to make a point of, because, you know, that was a different circumstance. But what I'm trying to make a point of is that God used godly men to invoke judgment on those who deserved it. And what I mean by judgment is getting making a judgment saying this is right this is not because if we do not make a judgment what we do is we sit on the sideline what we do is we do nothing 
and in these and in evil flourishes. I'm not talking about judging your brothers and sisters in terms of uh, 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 in the ways that we ought not to um, in terms of salvational matters or in ter- whatever. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about accountability. I'm talking about making judgment on what is true and what is not and saying this is true. This is not get rid of this. And so let me just be clear about something. You know, the, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking to people who are in leaderships. I'm talking to people who are in places of authority. If you're leading a fellowship and there's a wolf that comes in, you need to deal with that. Or if if you're a pastor or if you're, you know, whatever kind of leadership, spiritual leadership you're in, I'm talking to you. This is who I'm, I'm talking to right now. You need to take responsibility and not just be on the sideline. hope for the thing to go away. hope for, you know, or not want to deal with that because that's controversial or, you know, shy away from it for those reasons. Because if we do, we are allowing the snake to remain in the camp. We're allowing it. And then we, by allowing it, by not dealing with it, we in in effect, give it permission to stay and flourish in our camp. And then we see the enemy come and set up camp. And then we wonder what's happening with all these people falling away, denying the scriptures, doing all these other kinds of things. It's because we never stop the wolf at the door. And yes, there's always going to be the blind following the blind, the blind leading the blind, that kind of thing happen. But if we stop the wolf at the door, we can at least save many souls along the way. Because see, sometimes we don't want to speak up because we're afraid of what people may think. We're afraid of um, how we may look because we no one likes doing that. No one likes addressing these issues. No one likes it. I I hate it. I don't want to do it. And And I haven't done it. I've done it. I haven't done it often. I have done it before when it was absolutely needed. I have done it. Because sometimes it's necessary to do something that is extremely difficult and extremely hard and and unpleasant for the sake of saving souls. Because here's the reality that it wasn't Yeshua was all about loving. He was all about just the purity of love and showing goodness to people. But he also wasn't afraid to call out evil, call out men who were evil. Tell them who they were, what they were, and tell others who they were to watch out for them. That's what he did. Oftentimes, that was like a big part of his ministry. And now I'm not telling you to go and start one of those exposing other ministries ministries. If that's your ministry, there's something wrong. What I'm saying is that there is a place for calling out apostasy. Things that are heretical like we read how the some of the early church fathers you know they dealt with this guy called marcion who was a false prophet who taught the old testament god is different from the new testament jesus a different god right this is is a crazy thing but today there are many such heresies and we must deal with them the way that that many people who were before us who are leaders did deal with those issues because if they didn't then many of us would not be believers we would be believing in some other thing okay for good or worse there were good impacts made by these decisions too so um, brothers and sisters that's there's that side of things 
And then there's the side of things that I just want to say that God, God is raising people. I believe he is raising young people. He is raising, especially young people. If you're a young person, listen, you need to go. And and if you look, God calls you like, you know, people are like, is God calling me? Is God calling? He is calling you. He is calling. If you're a young person, he is calling you. What he calls you to exactly? How does that look for you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, uh, but because we're all going to have a different route, right? But he is calling you. Will you answer the call? Will he allow you? Will you? Will you allow him to use you and what he has called you to? Because look, there are many of you listening to this. I'm making this video in the middle of the night here because God put this on my heart. There are many of you who are going to listen to this broadcast right now who God is calling into a mighty, mighty calling to be used mightily in power for his glory where people will shake in repentance if they were to hear you preach by the empowerment of the spirit in your future this is the kind of people i'm talking to right now this is the kind of people the lord put on my heart he is calling and now the question is, is will you answer that call will you be the one who says i'm not afraid of, of of stopping the wolf at the door like the messiah did and I'm also not afraid of speaking up when my when my Messiah did when everyone else was quiet and when it was uncomfortable to speak out about certain issues. You think it was easy for Yeshua to speak out against those certain Pharisees in the first century who loved sitting at the front row seat at the, in the feast and calling themselves Rabbi, Rabbi, right? They loved that. They that pleased their that that's what. They exalted, they exalted in that. They loved that. They were exalted by that, right? He had to tell them, everyone that, and call them out on that because that was one of the big sins that were going on around him, okay? There are many such things going on today. And some of these things, some of these things, God is going to call us to call out. And here's the thing. I have to say this, like, you know, there's a part of me that trembles in saying all this because I don't want you. I, I, I already see so many people so zealous to do this sometimes. But I am talking not about just calling out this and that and everything else you feel like. I'm talking about such fear and trembling with this thing. Like. I'm talking about being so scared so afraid, so fearful of the Lord that you will not go and say one thing that he did not tell you to say because you know that if you did, you're in such trouble. People say, you know, you know, fear of God is just, you know, just reverence. No, fear of God is fear of God. It's about me coming up here in front of you and understanding that if I say something wrong to you, that is not what the Father has put on my heart. If I say something wrong to you, that is not what the Father has said in his word and confirmed. And that is what is true. Then I will stand before him with blood on my hands. And he is the judge. And he has the power to destroy my soul in hell. Okay, that's the reality. That's not something I just have reverence for. That's something I'm terrified of. And if you're not terrified, then you shouldn't do, don't say anything. 
don't 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 do anything for god don't speak for him don't 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 try and do anything be afraid first be fearful first get scared get to know who he is and you'll get scared he's the one who created you who had the power to put life in you and the power to kill you with a wink to take your breath out at any moment in any day he did that with ananias and sapphira they they were just telling a little white lie and then wham they just fall over and they die right there like peter just telling them you're gonna die you know your husband his his body is right there and your body's gonna be carried out with him and she just falls over dead and god kills her and her husband on the spot that's new testament by the way not even to talk about what happened in the torah and the prophets god doesn't change he's the same and i wish that we had that fear because the lack of that fear is what has driven a lot of the evil that's in his body today a lot of these people who are so-called prophets these people who are exalting themselves and their 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 hearts are the, and they think they're they're like i am doing this for the lord they think they're doing this for him they're convinced in their mind but they have no true fear of god because if they did they would be in his word they will be checking up so much before they just casually utter the things they're uttering god is calling you to not be casual about him to not be casual about his word to not be casual about your calling on this earth because it's passing away like a vapor your life is like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it will vanish away forever like your life is gonna end you're gonna die do you know that you you understand you're going to die you're gonna stand before god your life is gonna be open up opened up like a scroll in front of him he is going to go through it with a fine tooth comb he is going to judge you you say pd don't judge me He's going to judge you. God's going to judge you. Judge yourself today, now. And even if necessary, with what I am speaking now. Judge your life in your own eyes. Test it. See it. See if it's, if it's in line with what the scriptures say it's supposed to be. See if you absolutely fear the Lord. See if you're absolutely sold out. See are you casual or are you serious? Are you sold out? On, on, are you on fire or are you lukewarm? See where you are because there's going to come a day where he will see it. And it's going to be the way you finished. Right now you have time to repent. Right now you have time to change things up. To change the way you live, the way you think, the way you've done things, the way you plan on doing things. But there's going to come a time when there's no more time. It's going to come a day when there's no more days to repent, to turn from your wicked ways. So listen, God is calling. God is saying, who will I send? Who will answer the call to go forth and crush the enemy's head? But see, the, the father doesn't just give that power to crush the enemy's head to just anyone, casually, whatever. No, he is looking for those who fear him. He's looking for those who are serious. 
He's looking for those who have faith to move mountains. Those who have a mustard seed of faith, because that's all it needs to move a mountain, but who has that mustard seed and who is like, I will believe you, Lord. I will believe you to the end of the earth, to everything. I will believe you. Even when things are hard, I will believe you. Even when I don't see it, I will believe you. And you know what's the hardest thing is believing that the Lord will sometimes use us as fishermen. Sometimes, you know, I know, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not talking just to um, people who are like, you know, going to theology school or well-studied PhDs or something of that sort. I'm talking to fishermen today. I mean, I'm not excluding people who are well-educated, but I'm not including them as exclusive. Okay, I'm not, this is what I'm talking about. I want you to think if you're a fisherman, if you're one who is uneducated, who is not smart like myself, or um, who who don't feel like you have the talents or the skill sets to be used by the Lord, listen, you are the kind of person he's calling today. So do not let the enemy tell you, oh, you have so many lack of skills and talents and who God can use other people more than he can use you. God is looking for those who feel like they have no skills because God is the one who empowers. Because if you have no, if you feel like you've got no skills, well, that's great because then at least you're going to attribute the power of God to where it belongs to God and you won't take the credit for yourself. Brother, sisters, his name is Yahweh. Will you follow him? Will you go? Will you take the charge? Will you lead the way? Will you take like a a a flame and run with it, and be a flame through the streets where others will see it and they will run after that because they will see the light. You're the light in a dark place. Are you gonna be it? Are you gonna shine it? Or are you gonna hide it under a basket? Who are you gonna be? Where are you gonna be? What is what is your life gonna be? What are you doing with it right now? Are you serious about this thing? Do you know what it means to be on fire for the Lord? Or is it for you to just go into a church or a fellowship or whatever and to just read your Bible? I mean, that's great. But what about becoming it? What about becoming what you've read? What about becoming what you've studied? What about walking like your Messiah did? Look, I always say walk like Yeshua. Do you understand what that means? It's not just like a cliche word, walk like Jesus, that sounds so nice, what would Jesus do, it sounds so nice, put it on a band, and I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about change your life, I'm talking about shift the way you think, I'm talking about look at your life and look at his, and change everything that doesn't look like his life, I'm talking about Causing out the demon. I'm talking about healing the sick. I'm talking about going and doing things that that are scary and crazy and controversial and things are going to maybe get you in trouble sometimes. But as long as it's for the Lord and as long as it's what the Lord said to do, then please do it. But what I want us all to, I'm ending here. What I want us to just take away from this, brothers and sisters is when you are so sure that the Lord is putting something on your heart and you have verified it with his word, that is the Bible, all of it, that it is true. And you are saying what you do with a trembling fear of the Lord. Then please do it. 
be bold for him but if you're if you're unsure if you're hesitant if it's if it's just a feeling if it's just an emotion if it's just a casual thing if it's just something you're kind of exploring but you're not like really sure and you're not like really serious and you're not like really there yet and you're kind of still thinking about it and you're just like whatever you know who cares i'm just going to show it to my heart and i'm going to just tell everyone about this thing you're busy with wolves things stop it go only when he has spoken speak only when he has spoken and that includes your facebook news feed that includes the small places where you think it's, if it's public it's public people are seeing it take it seriously pick up your cross and follow him that's what i really want you to take away from this and don't be afraid to stand up for what is true god is calling for unity and he's also calling for division at the same time. That's what I want to end on. Is he's calling for unity in the truth. And especially among our leaders, brothers and sisters. I want our leaders. Listen, if you're a leader and you're listening to me. I am so, I honor leadership so much. You have no idea. Like I get tears in my eyes for how much I honor leadership and it's just because I love people who are who are who are making the sacrifices to be pastors and to lead and to lead in whichever way, right? If you're a leader, please go ahead to try and make unity with other leaders. Even if you have things you can disagree, you can we can disagree on things. It's okay to disagree on some things, right? But get in unity with other leaders. Get, the, the people need to see that. Like the, the, the people who God has entrusted to us, they need to see leadership in unity, different ministries, not opposing each other uh, and, and being opponents and in competition and all this, but to stand together. We need to stand together to be strong. God called us to love each other because that's how the world will know that we are his disciples. So that's what I want leaders to consider. So God wants unity. And then there's also division. The division comes in where the things that aren't true, the things that are actual, real heresies, the deal breakers, the things that are going to cause absolute destruction and havoc, theologically or in whichever way. You guys know what I'm talking about. These issues, we need to take a stand on them. And sometimes it means you need to take a real stand and really speak up and let everyone know where we stand, especially if you're a leader. Yet again, if you're a leader, you need to let people know where you stand. Don't just keep quiet when there's something big controversial that comes out because people are going to look to you. And if you keep quiet, they're going to look to that other guy and they're going to listen and they may just follow and leave what you had to say because you never spoke up when you had the chance god has entrusted us brothers and sisters my last word is this again it's for leaders the way i see leadership is like imagine a bride is on her wedding day right and she's about to go in to the bridegroom to, to marry right um and what happens is 
she has people who are helping her get dressed, right? She has people doing her makeup and she has people doing whatever else they do to get pretty. And sorry, guys, it's like in the middle of the night, so please bear with me. <laughs> but see the people who are helping her to get ready, right? To look her best. This is like how it is to be a leader. We are preparing the bride to look her best, to be her best. For the bridegroom is coming back and he's coming back for a spotless bride. He he's he's looking for a bride. He deserves a bride who is so beautiful and clean. And look, uh, I'm not talking about carnal things here. I'm not talking about a carnality, what we consider beautiful. I'm talking about like a heart issue. Because Yeshua was always after the heart issues. He was always after the cleansing of the heart, hearts, intentions, etc. He's coming back for a bride with such a pure heart, such a trembling heart in the presence of her king. Yet one that loves him so much at the same time. So I hope I just conveyed this in a way that's understandable for you. And uh, I hope that this just gives the Lord glory. So I'm just going to end this in a prayer. Lord, I just ask for this. Lord, I don't know what this message really is about, but Lord, I don't know why I'm here in the middle of the night needing to speak it, but I know it's for someone. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just bless it and open ears for it and put it in deep in the hearts of everyone who's listening. I pray, Lord, you would convict anyone who needs to be convicted right now. I pray you would change hearts right now. That you would put a lot of fires in your people right now. Lord, and it's just your spirit that can do that. So I'm asking for your Holy Spirit right now to just go. Just go, Lord. Go forth. Just go forth now into the hearts, into the minds, into the temples of your people now as I speak. Lord, they would speak in tongues and prophesy. They would fill to the brim in the name of Yeshua now. Lord, that they would go forth in power to cast out the demon, to heal the sick person, to speak the truth, and to cut off the head of the snake. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I just see a lion, and I see that your people are to be like a lion. Lord, help us to be like after your image. You are like the Lion of Judah. Lord, let us be like a lion too. God, I just ask Father, for freedom from sin in our lives. Lord, we, we repent of our sins. God, and we ask for supernatural discernment and wisdom. And Lord, I ask for a fear of you, Lord, an accurate understanding of who you are and a fear of you to be just imparted to the people who are listening now, that they would see that you are worthy to be feared. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for every leader at the sound of my voice and every congregant who is in a congregation or a fellowship who has leadership. I pray for all these leaders now. I pray for unity among leadership. I pray for change in the hearts of leaders who have pride. I pray for unity where unity is called for. And I pray for division where division is called for. 
in your name, Lord. You came to bring love and unity in brothers between brothers and sisters. And I know you also came to bring a sword between that which is evil and that which is good. Father, have your way in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Shalom.